and we are live. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ghoulies Unflushed. Is there any news this week, Paul? I have a small amount of news. Well, oh, one I item. expect you just say no and we'll go, let's go to the guest. I'm going to lean back a little bit. Right, so, Paul. Yeah. Uh, you sent me a picture the other day of something I didn't know existed once more. Like, almost like the uh, the Ghoulies um, uh, NSM records release that I completely forgot about yeah. <laughs> um, earlier in the year. <laughs> and uh, anyway, you sent me something which I don't know if I, I, you told me that it was coming out. But but please, enthrall us with your new find. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about what I, my, my piece of news. Well, it's not really news, is it? But oh, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you get me confused a minute, and I was like, what have I sent? Yeah. Yeah, so quite a while back now when N- the NSM Media Books came out of Ghoulies and Ghoulies 2. Mm-hmm. Um, on the first time uncut, as we all know. Um, they they did a limited run of five postcards uh, if you pre-ordered it, but that was from a website called DTM. Dragon Tiger Mail Order. Okay. Um, obviously, back then we we all um, pre-ordered on Amazon.d, didn't we? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a thing we got. But um, the the DTM store I've used several times for media books in the past. Um, and I bought something on there recently, and just browsing through their site just to see, to see what else there is, because obviously postage is a little bit high when you get stuff from Germany. Um, just to see if I could bump up to make it worth it. I was looking through, and there was uh, some Ghoulies postcards on there. Obviously, I'd, I'd search Ghoulies as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the limited edition postcards, they're now selling off for 99 pence. Oh. Oh, sorry, 99 euros. No. Do, wait, yeah. 99 cents? One euro. Is it yeah, cents in like, euros? I said pence, didn't I? Yeah, but is it cents? I don't know. You know I don't know. It's basically never... euro, I guess. I know euros, but it's not 99 euros. No. We'd be like, is it cents? <laughs> no, it's 0.99 euros. 0.99. Maybe I should. Like... <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I had it on translate on uh, on the uh, translator thing and it came up as 99 pence. Anyway, it's very very cheap. Is it? Yeah, it is. Do you know what? I'm actually going to search it real quick because mm. you've confused me now. Oh, well, you, I, I confused you. I pence. I did say pence, not cents. No, but it might. Be. I'm not sure if it's cents or not. I don't do euros. You know. I've... Okay. It is 0.99 euros on their website. <laughs> yeah, but what, what is that in like? It's a euro. <laughs> yeah, but one year, it's 0.99. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> we anyway, get, so we there, get the so they were five Goody's postcards. So I was like, oh, five? Well just, five. Oh, okay. Now I'm intrigued. Five for 0.99 euros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought, oh, why not? I'll add them to my order. Hmm. And they arrived, and I've got them here. They're very nice. Um, so, the first one is the Ghoulies 2 poster image without all the text and everything. It's just mm. the image of fish <clears throat> in the toilet uh, with Speedy coming out of the uh, top System. bit. System. <laughs> yeah, with the lipstick in his hand. Um, nice clean image of that. And second one is the one I like to talk about is Speedy with his camera. You know, oh, fame, that you press shot which we all know about. And You're wonder where it came that, from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, in the background, you can see there's, there's someone with a blue jacket on. Mm. So I'm guessing someone just stuck a camera in, in between his arms, you know, behind the scenes and then took a photo of it. Probably. Yeah. 
I don't think I don't think it's any kind of um, you know deleted scene. No, no, it looks like a behind the scenes shot. But very yeah. interesting. Anyway, uh, next one is of fish, um, and I was going to say Muffy, but it's not Muffy, is it? Muffy was the cat. Yeah. Oh. Um. Oh. The. Oh. Eric? Fish. No. Uh, no. What's her name? No. Uh, uh, Patty. Patty. Or Patty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, when Patty's getting killed and she's obviously screaming mm. and it, it looks like Fish is about to kiss her or go into her mouth. <laughs> God, a screenshot of that one. It looks like he's about to go into her mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we've got a nice uh, Ghoulies 1 image mm. of Rat Ghoulie. Oh, show me which... that one. Should I hold it up? See, I'm going to I like the first one. Actually, no, hang about. What? This is where I'm going to say it's Ghoulies 2, because this is pretty much, this is the image they use for the Tots mask. Oh, go on, show me. Okay, that's Ghoulies 1. I can't believe it was Oh, this, is, this is the conversation we had, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's Ghoulies, yeah. That's the, that's the Tots mask. Yes, well, yeah, pretty yes. much. Yeah. The, fa- much. yeah, the famous, very clear, very nice. Yeah. I mean, I said uh, you can... One. Then huh? you maybe you, I said Goody's one, and then you almost because we talked about the Tots masks. You maybe seen Goody's too. <laughs> but yeah, nice still shot of um, Rat hmm. Goody's original. Which uh, again, I always find really interesting. We spoke about this as well on the Goody's yeah. episode. But um, you know the fact that back then they didn't before the, you know the uh, the fantastic ad campaign and and all this stuff kind of was was thought up rat was yeah. kind of the the, the main ghoulie in the first movie really yeah. i mean the one who's kind of front and center more than more than most and yeah. because of which there are very few um really nice promo shots of fish ghoulie from the film mm-hmm. which is frustrating really yeah. um, there's a couple there's quite a nice one uh, I think it was was um was one of the sort of like early prototypes uh, that Beekler made, and that was in that was in like that Cinefantastique or something. It was like a, a, like right. a French uh, version of Cinefantastique. Okay. And there's some really nice ones in that, including the um uh, uh, a really good close up of um what we call him now Underbite Ghoulie from the Clown. Yeah, but that's literally. It's, it's, it's bit, I don't know where they got those photos from. They might have been from Beekle's own collection or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because um, I tell you what, I um again, I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but did I tell you when I am um, the the photographer, the set photographer for Ghoulies? Yeah. Um, and I can't remember his name. I do apologise, but um, uh, I, <laughs> I um, I, I tracked him down recently and asked him if he had any um production photos from the first film yeah and uh, did i tell you this no okay this is fine then so i tracked him down and um because you know what my memory's like it's pretty bad yeah and um so i tracked him down and said hey uh, you know, i love ghoulies uh <laughs> please give me some stuff if you have anything you know um and um <laughs> he basically said you've contacted me before i've told you i don't have anything leave me alone <laughs> 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 so I'm, I'm now going to leave him alone. I've, I've finally remembered. But, um, What's it? Uh, oh, Shame you don't know his name because we could all contact him. <laughs> <laughs> might get, might you know, encourage him to go to his, uh, his uh, what Facebook. Do no, no, his um, what do you call it? Like, you know, where, where they put stuff in America, his storage, uh, and uh, and uh, and find them. Um, right. It's actually uh, curiously. There's also another guy who now was it. Yeah, I think it was. There's another guy called John Beekler. And 
I'm sure, again, my memory bloody terrible, but <laughs> I'm sure there's another guy called John Beekler. And I've, when I was sort of emailing John a couple of times, this was mm-hmm. a few years ago, obviously a few years ago because before he's passed away, but back, back when I was kind of like doing the fanzine thing, I'm sure I got, I left out like a, uh, I left out something in his email address. And um, I kept getting this other guy called John Beekler. And he was like, oh, God, I should really change this. Everyone keeps you know, emailing me by accident. I'm not him. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> persistence, persistence gets you somewhere. So you don't, yeah. don't give up. I interrupted you. Sorry, Paul. I just I had to do that. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> how, many, what, how many got left? Two more left? There was one more left. Mm. One more. Uh, and again, it, this is from Ghoulies Part 1. Ooh. And it's uh, the lovely the shot of uh, Malcolm Graves coming out of his grave. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Is it Again, the well-lit one? That's actually cool, actually, because it's I It's a nice shot. That's the one, yeah. They're probably... Yeah, and, and, and just to just to say, they're postcards, and they really are postcards. So a lot of the time when you get them, it's just like pictures. But no, these really are postcards on the back. You've got That's like nice. the little the little space for a stamp and oh. half with one side with the little lines to write your address on and everything. So. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. As, as they were so cheap, I'm assuming you got two sets, one for me, right? No, I didn't actually. Should have done, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day I'll just send you one. I'll just send you a postcard. Uh, oh, that's cool. I, I actually yeah. was expecting. And I, mean, I know you told me. Did you even send me a picture? You must have sent me something. I did, yeah. But I off did. the top of my now. head, I, I expected them to be just the um the the poster images yeah which no, great but but we've seen them a lot yeah. we've seen everything a lot but you know it's nice that they've actually just taken different images from from the first yeah. two movies two. yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies. it's from one and two came on so yeah there you go there we go <laughs> well i'll tell you what i did do a bit of digging this week and uh yeah. have you had a chance i haven't received um chuck serino's score to ghoulies four yet have you nope nope that's why we've got nothing to talk about. Um, <laughs> so I've not received it. I still haven't actually listened to it, the, the digital version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did look to see how long it was. And um, the, uh, the the length... <laughs> <laughs> the length of, of the Chuck Serino's Ghoulies 4 score is 58 minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. Right? This is, I mean, I might be wrong. You, know, you never know. People write the mm-hmm. wrong things down. But 58, 40 seconds, right? And I looked at how long the old version was that we had. Yep. And that was 54, 49. No. Yeah. So that's like, well, it's it's just over. No, wait a minute. I'm looking at this in front of me. It's been a long week. It's just <laughs> 49. So it's just... There's about a four minute difference in. There's about four minutes. I should just say that. I was going to say just under, just yeah. over. But honestly, my, my mental capacity at the moment doesn't even <laughs> allow me to do the simplest math. So it's about four minutes uh, longer. Now, I haven't listened to it yet. Honestly, I, I, like, I prefer to... You know, you know, like when we get the Ghoulies 1... I keep calling it Ghoulies 1 now. You hate that. Right. Yeah. When I got the Ghoulies soundtrack for WRWTFWW, I was very... I wanted to wait until I could put the vinyl on and experience it that way. Yeah, and at the same time, and I know it's like, I know it's CD, which isn't quite as groovy as vinyl, but um, I kind of want to wait and stick the CD in and read the liner notes and do it that way. Mm-hmm. So although I've got the um, digital file, which you get when you buy it, I haven't, you know, I, I'd probably only listen to it in the car, and I'm just like, it's not quite the same. So um, so I haven't listened to it yet. I'm ashamedly. Okay. Did you download the uh, digital file? I haven't yet. No, I've got oh. the links to it, but no. Oh well, you should do that. I'm probably yeah, I like to listen to it on physical media. Yeah, 
Yeah, I yeah. prefer well, it I could put it in my car and listen to it, really. You could do. Yeah, could do, yeah. Yeah. And again, a shame it's, it's not on a, on, on a vinyl, but mm. kind of everything. Yeah. Um, oh, also, I did see that um, there was a guy on eBay... <clears throat> There's a couple of people on eBay selling these already, whether or not they've got them or oh, not. Really? Because I haven't got mine in there in the UK, but I haven't got mine, so mm. I don't know how they got theirs. Bastards. And um, <laughs> anyway, some guy's selling it for £60. Wow. 60 English pounds on eBay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so don't be fooled by this greedy uh, person. <laughs> Um, it's avail- still, as far as I know, available on the website, right? It's yep. not sold out yep. yet. So nope. get on the website. It works out just over 20 quid. Don't pay 60. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing they did with the WRW2FWW Ghoulies yeah. uh, soundtrack. And it's still really high at some places mm-hmm. when you could have got it on the, the website and probably still can for a very reasonable price. Yes. So there we go. <laughs> I'll tell you what I did want to happen today, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to arrive like the day after. Um, I found a... Um, I should find out what it's called. I forgot what it's called. I should have really found this out beforehand, but I wasn't going to talk about it. But I, 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 tra- I wanted to. I've been going through um, old magazines and things to try and find to, to, to pinpoint the date when yep. um, Ghoulies got this theatrical release. I think we did. Mm-hmm. We find out when it got a video release. Uh, we had a date, didn't we? Did we? We weren't really sure if it was correct or not because we haven't seen it in print or. We were kind of trying to figure out via the BBFC website, which isn't the the release yeah, date. Yeah, that gives a the... few dates. That's when it's certified. Isn't exactly. It? So it's and it's yeah. usually a couple of months after that. So we, we've got a vague idea. There was um, a. I, I found a. Um, it was a a pre. There's a preset VHS forum which mm-hmm. I joined, and they had a release date for it on there. Oh, okay. Well, on VHS? Uh, yes. For like the VHS rental, that been the first time it came out, wasn't it? Oh, do you, yeah. Do you remember what that was? No. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> but I remember reading it. So I thought, I wonder if there's anything, out, anything interested on there. can't believe you didn't tell me that. Um, I thought I did tell you that. No, you didn't tell me you, you joined a, a secret website with new friends, and, you know, you went behind my back and found all this ghoulish stuff, and then they now, just purposely didn't tell me. <laughs> Thanks to Chrome, it's let me log in. I've just gone there. Oh, well, okay. Yay, so, Google. Uh, That's one thing they're good at. <laughs> database. But, uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, we don't really know if it's correct or not, but they've got a database on there of all the preset. Obviously, Gilly's was a preset. Um, the original it was. Video. Well, hang on a minute. It shouldn't have been. Yeah, it was. My, no, my, no, my they, VHS was. They just no. stuck stickers on, didn't they? They did stick stickers on, but if you look, it's actually got a 15 on it. It's just only on the back. I believe, or one. Yeah. I don't think it is a preset because what the the what's it the oh, what's it called the video? What was it called? The video not, public whatever yeah, act it was. Okay, but that was 1984, and this didn't come out till 85. So I would have thought it. I don't think it is, because otherwise, what I'm trying to think. Oh God, I don't. I haven't done videos for such a long time. I'm pretty sure it has. It has. It was. It was certified. It wasn't preset, but it, they didn't used to put such huge uh, you know certification things on them back then did they you know yeah because on, on the cover it's got it's not got the normal red 15 has it it's got like a little black one yes in with the credits yes exactly so but before like then not, not it would have had I'm trying to think what they'd have on beforehand I don't think it would have anything on oh god we've got people screaming anyway, saying you don't know o- videos <laughs> it says October 1985 release day that's all it says oh, it's still not an actual okay well I, I that doesn't surprise me and, and so we, we I think it. We, we're thinking it came to the cinema early 85 like something like it was spring 85 wasn't it 
Because that's what it said in our um, um, yeah. Screen International, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. It said, coming this spring, right? So we're thinking mm-hmm. it's spring um, uh, at the theatre, and then, um, uh, what's it, autumn. I was going to say fall, mm-hmm. fall, um, for, uh, for the video. But it's, isn't it bizarre that you cannot find a bloody date for this stuff? Yeah. I've got, I've got some old video magazines. And there's nothing, nothing about Goody's. Like you think I got some 1985 you know, yep. video rental magazines. Someone's gonna must, must have reviewed it in there, but nope, nope, not the ones I've seen. I mean, it's had a theatrical release. We've got the quad poster. Yeah. When did it come out? You know, and I've even I even do the thing where I find <laughs> I, think my, I find someone who's got like a collection of um, film magazines on eBay, and I email them. <laughs> They say, could you mind looking through all of these and see if Ghoulies is in one of them? And they're like, stop emailing me! You've emailed me before! No, there's no Ghoulies! Um, and I've done that a few times. And in the end, I found um, a book. I can't remember what it's called. But essentially, it's coming. I think they re-released them as like Virgin Movie Guides or something. It could have been right. like a Virgin Movie Guide. And they went from mid-year to mid-year. Mm-hmm. And I found one from 84, mid-84 to mid-85. And I'm hoping it's going to arrive. And it's supposed to have, like, the release dates of movies in the States and the UK. Right. Now, I'm assuming it's probably going to arrive and there's going to be nothing about Google <laughs> at all. But, mm-hmm. but I'm thinking, you know, it's worth, know. A, it's worth a punt on a few quid just to see if there's, there's something there. And I said to you already, didn't I? I said, if it's not in that one, I'm, I'll have to buy the next one or the one before and see if there's anything in. But, um, ugh. It's frustrating. You know, yeah. it's just not anywhere. And I don't know... an old magazine of review and it's just, just got the date listed. What do you mean the date? Release date. Has it? No, I'm saying it's got to be, hasn't it? It's got to be like... <laughs> What's another know? one? There's like... It's, all, it's called like... Something's called like... There's a couple of magazines from the era. Not necessarily, um, uh, you know, like trade magazines or anything. Because mm-hmm. I've even... It's even hard to find trade magazines now. I was looking to try and find some more like screen magazines, that kind of thing, you know, secondhand. And people don't... People don't... Either didn't keep them or... Yeah. I don't know. And um, I mean, I've got... What's the one that we've got? You've got one, a Screen International with screen like the old... Is it Screen International? And I'm pretty sure yeah, I've yeah. got something the same, but it's got a like a pre-release... Um, uh, Add in it as well, right. but it's I just can't. I do, I, I, it baffles me that you know we can't find <laughs> a date for this. <laughs> it's insane. Well, that's us moaning. So uh, yeah. <laughs> did we find out about UK release date for these yet? No, no. Nope. Maybe next time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. We should really introduce our guests as we have n- yes. so little to say this week. <laughs> um, I suppose what can you say about our guest this week that hasn't been said before? Well, um, it's a big one. It's a big one. It's yeah, well, you know, William Butler is is a is a fan favourite mm-hmm. for not only many acting roles, but but what you know, God, he, is there anything he doesn't do? For, you know, effects work, writing, directing, probably I'm sure producing as well. Did he produce the um, Resonator thing we did recently? He probably produced that too, alongside yeah. Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember an article. I remember the first I time he directed it. Directed well, I know he directed it, but I wasn't sure if yeah. he produced it or okay. executive produced it. <laughs> I'm sure he did because he was very he was very much his baby. Um, I remember seeing, I think probably the first time I became aware of Billy Butler as a, like a, like a horror star. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know, it was probably even before I saw the majority of his films. But when I was sort of like, you know, 10 years old or something and I'm reading Fangoria and he was one of the, it was, it was, they were sort of quick to mention that Billy Butler had been killed by almost every slasher <laughs> in the genre at that time, you know. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, at that point, what was it like? He had like Ghoulies. Uh, he had Friday the 13th, he had Leatherface, 
I suppose yeah, the Romero's dead. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, yeah, and didn't he die in one of the Freddy's Nightmares episodes? There's another link to Freddy's Nightmares again, because everyone's in bloody Freddy's Nightmares in the Ghoulie series, if you can find them. <laughs> so I think the, at the time, I think the only person he hadn't um, been killed by was... Did he do... He didn't do any Halloween movies, did he? Don't think so, no. Okay, no. I don't think I, don't, so the only person... It was kind of like, like Pinhead and Michael Myers. They were the only two mm-hmm. that he didn't have in his... Um, I was going to say bow. What's the thing that the... the, the, the like, <laughs> Arsenal. No, no, no. What's the thing like Robin Hood has? Quivers? No, what's the thing like... Is it a quiver? Quivers. Is it, is, it, is it... What does he put his, like, um, arrows in? Is it called a quiver? His bag. His bag. <laughs> Satchel. Satchel. Oh, and also, here's another thing. Sorry to interrupt Billy's very um, well-planned mm-hmm. introduction here, but another thing which happened was uh, Billy's new book out. Um, Tawdry Tales. Tawdry Tales, yes. And... Um, uh, it was supposed to be out on May the 1st in the UK, and uh, it's yeah. been delayed now mm-hmm. mid-May, they're kind of saying. Yeah. So we had every um, plan of uh, reading the book and uh, reviewing that and yeah. picking out all the little ghoulies bits, uh, <laughs> hopefully, beforehand, and that's been delayed. I was thinking, I told her, I think the publishers delayed the pre-sale. No, yeah. the, no, sorry, the, de- uh, the publishers... I don't know. It's, out, it's definitely out in America. Yeah, yeah, I know that, but apparently... Builder bear has got one. Yeah, but Builder bear has got one, yeah. Yeah, oh, Build-A-Bear. yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, uh, uh, what's it? No, okay. Well, okay. Amazon said to me the publisher's delaying the resale date in the UK, mm-hmm. which could mean anything. It could mean uh, there's a different printer. You know, they might not be sent over from the states. They might be printed here, which are, they don't normally do that. But um, there's no reason why. Uh, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> so even though uh, we'd like to have picked up uh, yes. Billy's book apart yeah. um, alongside an interview, I'll have to wait till uh, hopefully the next episode. Hopefully next time, yeah. There's no reason why we shouldn't have um have it by the time the next one. I mean, the Kindle version's available, but we want it. We want the uh, want the physical one. <clears throat> yes, I haven't got anything to read a Kindle on, and um, mm-hmm. I don't believe in it. You've got a laptop in front of you. You can read on. I'm not reading on a laptop. <laughs> I want to hold it. I want to smell it. You know. Um, I want to. I want to. I want to. You know, feel it in my fingers. Yeah. You know. That didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, oh God, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Now. I think we should just get on with the guest. Pardon? I think we should just get on with yeah. the amazing guest. I think we should just get on with the amazing guest. Yes. What do you think? You think we should just get on with the amazing guest. Mm-hmm. Is that it then? Yep. How long have we been talking for? <laughs> Twenty-seven minutes. Ah, oh, that's fine. Cool. <laughs> uh, Billy Butler. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> I'm gonna be there in the, the UK in um, well, I think September to promote my book. I'll be in Manchester and I'll be in London. They're having parties there. Operating. I don't know how far it is. You guys should come for sure. Are you back at the um, yeah. weekend of the dead or anything like that? Is that still going? Uh, weekend of the dead. Is that a is that a zombie event? I think I, I go to so many it's hard to keep track of them. But these these are specific parties for folks. So uh, okay. But uh, the people that I guess it is weekend of the dead. Uh, they're the ones who are throwing it, which is going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I love it there so much. So I get to be there for three weeks and then go to France and Spain, and it'll be marvelous. It's going to be oh, really great. They're pushing the boat out. Yeah, I did see that the book comes out worldwide on May the 1st. It's nice that we get it day and date with the States for a change. 
Yeah, are they? Do they have a a way for you guys to get it out there? Um, I know that at the at the party, I know that there's a specific printer in London that's printing them, but I didn't know if it is okay. it available over there. Yes, yeah. it's on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, nice! It's on Amazon UK, so yeah, I've pre-ordered one definitely. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yep, popped up the other day. <laughs> Hope you like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt that we won't. Um, uh. <laughs> There's a lot of wild, a lot of wild stories in there, boys. You better get ready. My only complaint about the book is that I wrote so many pages that the font is is kind of small for an old fogey <laughs> like me. I, I have to wear like two pairs of reading reading glasses to read it, but I think it's good so far. So far, the reports I've been getting from uh, my close friends so far, no one hates me yet. So I guess I did an okay job. Brilliant. <laughs> well, I mean, the little the little snippets you showed on Instagram were de- definitely made everyone salivate. Yeah, I was. I think it's going to be surprising. There's definitely things in there that uh, that no uh, stories I certainly have never told, and um, and uh, maybe some stories I shouldn't have told. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just uh, happy to have lived this amazing life of having gone around the world three times basically being a stupid farm boy, you know, from central California and somehow bamboozling myself in, into the business. Um, I, it's, I think it's somewhat, uh, compelling. I think the story would be, oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I'm friends with, we have this actor here in America. I think he's known in the UK. His name is Leslie Jordan. He's like a little small actor. <laughs> of course. Yep. Guy. He's a very good friend of mine. And I fuck, I fucking took a year to write my book. And that little midget wrote a book in like one month and it's, it's already like a bestseller. Like it's already in three months. It's already like on fire. I'm like, I can't believe it. Of course, when they read all the stories in my, in my book about him, I don't know. They might, they might uh, burn his book after they read mine. <laughs> yeah. Well, so do you guys know, you guys know who he is over there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, he yeah, used yeah. to be, I know him from Will and Grace. Cause he used to pop right. up in that. And then I think he was a, a Big Brother UK, Big Brother, which is the best Big Brother of all. Um, he was he was on Celebrity Big Brother UK. I'm a Big Brother nerd. The UK show version is the only only one worth watching. Really? I always kind of got that the like the European ones were really racy. Those are really racy, but the um, people in the UK they just put each other on blast on that show. It's so good. In America, they kind of try to pretend like they're nice, even though you know they're not. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have no pretensions here, no. So he did. Yeah. He did that. He came over here and did that. I didn't realize. That's cool. I must have missed that one. Yes, yes. It threw a huge, threw a huge tantrum and got thrown off. <laughs> <laughs> There's something bad about Gary Busey. Gary Busey was on there. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did He's see that one. Him. Yeah, who was on it? Was that the year Ken Russell was on it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I a like lot a- of, a lot of. An interesting, like, boxing promoter that had become a transsexual, but basically looked like a man with a wig on. <laughs> and, uh, and some French, kind of French hooker girl that was, a re- I think, a reality TV star. Mm-hmm. And Gary Busey, Leslie, and some English models. I didn't know who they were, but they were all beautiful. So this, it was, it was all worth it. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure it can be watched on, uh, all four or whatever it is, the, the, the streaming service from Channel yeah. 4. <laughs> Well, um, thanks so much for speaking with us, Billy, um, and making some yeah. time because we understand you're a very busy man. And uh, I suppose with, with Miskatonic You just coming out and your book out now, mm-hmm. um, which will be out by the time this airs in a, in a couple of weeks. Nice. 
Resonator, Mystatonic U, available hmm. on Amazon Prime, is yep. my absolute favorite project I've ever worked on. And I'm renewed for six more episodes, which is ah, so brilliant. amazing. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to start filming. I, I have to do a, uh, got to do uh, two episodes of a uh, Baby Oopsie anthology mm-hmm. for, um, for the Full Moon Features app. And I guess it will also air on Amazon Prime. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of trying to 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 do that because I've gotten to the point where I really only do things that I truly truly care about. So in order for me to agree that I would do this baby oopsie two parter, um, I'm sort of um, massaging it a little bit. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the Demonic Toys franchise, even though I actually did Demonic Toys too. I'm not really a big fan of it, uh, but I'm gonna make this one really really cool and I. Think it's. I think I'm getting it right. So mm-hmm. you guys will have to let me know if you, if, if you catch it. Um, but yeah, between that, Miskatonic U, and my book, um, and I'm doing sound effects. I have this little small project that I've been working on for three years. My babysitter, the superhero that I just paid for myself and made this movie. I'm literally in my spare time, like dropping sound effects in. So I, I don't have a, a, a single moment of the day that's not scheduled out right now, and I'm happy about it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> That's good. You know, you know, you you don't need much prompting to remember to pick up the phone. So, no, you know, you can tell. We appreciate <laughs> only, it. Only like, only like, only like ten emails. A <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually quite a like, toys fan. Um, I just, oh, you like you like the fun toys? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, is the baby? You know, like, so what happens is, um. There is a uh, woman that's very picked on in life. She's a doll hoard, like hoarder, basically. Her house is mm-hmm. filled with dolls, and she has an online show that uh, where she she's really the dolls are her only friends. In the beginning, she's having like a doll wedding and like all this stuff. And mm-hmm. um, somebody, her fans that watch the show, they mail stuff. So somebody mails her what's left, the bits and pieces of what's left of. Baby, oopsie, she's been blown up and burned and had acid thrown in her face. And I really don't know how there could be any bits and pieces left, but we managed to figure it out. So she gets the doll, the doll pieces, and she's, she's going to try to put it back together with what she has. And right. so she does it, and then when she finally figures out how to get back, get, get it back together, it starts killing the people that that, that pick on her in life and at first she kind of likes it but then later on things take a nasty turn and mm. you'll have to watch to see what happens but it's, it's similar the doll the doll looks better than ever it's just very similar um mm-hmm. design to the original one but it's just much better than it's ever been done before mm-hmm. and there's like 10 different dolls there's a running doll there's a stabbing doll there's a vomiting doll and <laughs> Um, uh, and then also she gets a little bit more as the, as the project progresses, she gets a little, each time she kills someone, she gets a little more possessed looking, which I thought would be fun. So she has like, uh, eight, eight different heads, uh, it's like normal, pretty, pretty head to like, uh, Linda Blair head basically. So we'll, we'll see, you know, I, it's just really hard to do full moon things because there's a certain schlock factor in there. Mm-hmm. That is fine and dandy, but when you're 57 years old and you're directing, it's like, ah, oh, I can't do another, like, it's gotta, it's gotta, we have to raise the bar a little bit. And I think that's what, 
we really accomplished on um on resonator mm-hmm. you know we getting things on track and you know that 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 full moon features uh app is exploding like he's got new new subscribers like every week and i think yeah. that's a result of him constantly refreshing the content and also really really examining the material that he's putting up there and and you know it's 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 really a it's a really incredibly fun time mm-hmm. i've worked with charles band since 1983 and uh um it's really a fun time it kind of feels like the old empire pictures days because he's really he he only hires artists and directors and writers that he trusts and then once he trusts you he pretty much lets you just he gives you an assignment and then you just uh run with it it's incredible was was from beyond your first Empire production, Billy? No, uh, uh, Eliminators was. Well, actually, I worked on I worked on pickups for Reanimator. I worked on pickups for the original Ghoulies, oh. and then mm. I painted I painted some stuff for Troll. But you know, I was officially hired in a floor sweeping capacity at that point. I had mm-hmm. gone from like living in my car to like sweeping the floor floor there at Beekler's Beekler's shop. But I think he finally realized that I could paint and that I wasn't a complete fuck up uh, by the time that Eliminators rolled around. And so uh, uh, he sent me to Spain, which was hilarious because I had, you know, I just graduated high school not not too not too earlier, and then suddenly I'm, you know, I've gone from like a farm in Fresno to like working in Spain. It was pretty pretty incredible. Well, I've, I've got to jump on quickly. You did mention pickups for Ghoulies, um, so yeah. I guess this is where they kind of just shot. You know the toilet, and uh, I think some stuff with the grave and Malcolm. Do you, do you remember much of the bits and pieces that you uh, went back and reshot? Yes. Well, there's some stuff they did some inserts, and there's still like if you watch closely on the original Ghoulies, um, uh, and when they're in the pond outside, there's some shots where you can see Everett Burrell's finger inside the uh, puppet's mouth, like <laughs> opening the uh, fish, fish Ghoulie. And so we shot some close-ups of the original Fish Ghoulie. Um, which they put in, but they still didn't cut out uh, Everett's finger. You can still see it in there. And then, and then one of my first major assignments, and this is a big scoop for anybody that cares about ghoulies. Uh, so the original thing, the, the fish ghoulie popping out of the toilet was not in the movie. And, uh, uh, somebody in marketing said, you know, I've got a great, I've got a great, tagline, let's say Ghoulie will get you in the end, and let's have a Ghoulie popping out of the toilet. So, <laughs> Charlie thought it was great. So, I can't remember if he added, added the shot into the actual movie, but I know, you know, it's in the trailer. It's at the end of the trailer. And all these um, mothers started, when they started running the commercials, started complaining to all the TV networks because their kids would not go to the bathroom. They were afraid that that the you know the ghoulie was going to bite him in the ass, so they wouldn't go to the bathroom. It turns like a big thing. So Charlie had to get rid of, recut the commercial without the ghoulie popping out on the toilet. And then the next thing that happened was the anti um, or the pro. Let's see, pro life. I can't remember. It's either the pro life or the pro choice people filed a complaint suggesting that the ghoulie looks like an aborted baby in the toilet. <laughs> so, so Charlie's like, oh my God, we have to pull all the po- we have to pull all the posters because it looks like an aborted baby. So what I need you, me, me and Mike Deek, uh, he goes, I want you to go to the toy store, get the old fish ghoulie, 
and get some clothes and put some clothes on the fish buoy for the new poster. And we're like, oh. <laughs> so we go to the, we go to like CVS, which is like a, just the cheapest pharmacy here, yeah. and we buy this shit doll with a belly shirt on, this blue belly shirt and and pants. And so we dress the puppet in the belly shirt and the pants, but then when we put the we put the, the ghoulie in the toilet, we realized that the pants were under you know out of view. So it's like, oh, just look, he's wearing like now it looks like he's just wearing a a belly shirt with no pants on. Like, okay, let's, let's let's make it look like he has suspenders. So we literally dug around that photo studio and found somebody had had a birthday party and there were streamers and leftover cake on this table. And I ran in there and got the streamers off the table and we scotch taped the streamer on the, on the ghoulie shoulders to make it look like suspenders. And if you look at the poster, you'll be able to figure out that it is streamers because but like there's a white stripe on yeah. the, on the same side. Yeah. That's, that's because it's, that's birthday party streamer. Those aren't really, those aren't really <laughs> oh, wow. so we did that. Wow. The other thing you could tell, if you look at the poster is you can tell two things you can tell that it's an old ghoulie is number one, the puppets when we're doing these things, their hands and their feet get absolutely covered in super glue residue where it's like all rocky and chunky. <laughs> if you look at the ghoulie pants on the posters, you'll see there's like tons of like gunk all over the hands. We, we couldn't have gotten it off if we did it would rip the hands apart. And the <laughs> other thing is, is that we just, they were all dirty and like kind of janky from having slime painted on them. So we just quickly painted some like watered down green paint on it to try to make it look a little less dusty. But <laughs> if you look at it, it's really not the same color. It's not the same color as it is in the, in the movie. And that's because me and Mike D just mixed some tempera paint and like dumped it on there <laughs> oh. to get it over with. We didn't realize, we didn't realize it was going to become like a major franchise and we just kind of shit it out. And then, <laughs> and then there you have it. There it is. Oh, explains so much. You know, we're going to, the first yeah. thing we're going to do when we get off this call, Billy, is go and find dolls circa 1984 and search for that fucking t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, I can't, I, I want to say it was just some stupid, like, it was, it really was the worst doll ever. And it was, <laughs> um, because it was, we had to pick the worst doll because it, because it was, it fit the ghoulie. It was like, it was very, the ghoulie was really skinny, actually. And mm. so there's not a lot of dolls that wear clothes that are that small. Mm. And, uh, yeah, we did that. I didn't think anything of it, nothing of it at all. And then mm. there was another thing that we did, one of the first things that me and Mike Geek did. Uh, if you watch the, uh, the making of documentary on Amazon Prime of, um, of, uh, Miskatonic U, Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a thing that's uh, that's a special that's called From Beyond to the Resonator, and it's like a 20 minute special of the making of the TV series. You'll see one of the first things that me and Mikey did. One of the very first things he did was Charlie had made this movie, uh, Transfers, and uh, and they were trying to market it, and no one knew how to market it, and 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 um, uh, Terminator was huge back then. So Charlie goes, hey. Can you guys do a makeup on Mike Deke that makes him look like the Terminator where he's ripping his face off and it turns into a robot? And we're like, yeah. And we did one and we literally filmed it in the closet at Charlie's Empire Studios. We mm. filmed, we posted it in the end of the trailer on, on, uh, transfers. And he's not even in the movie. It's just like <laughs> transfer. So it's like, all of a sudden you see Mike Deke rip his face off. It has nothing to do with robots or anything like that. Charlie Ban, he knows how to market them. 
No, but you, you, I mean, the, Charlie must have had that then, because obviously you show a clip of that in in the the making of, and I'd, I'd, for years I'd wondered where if that still existed. Uh, you know, I think they pretty much erased that trailer off the face of the earth. The only person that has a copy of that trailer is Mike Deke, and when I was in the special, I let him look at it because there's some, you know, me and we we became very good friends with Stuart Gordon, and I wanted Mike to watch the special mm. before I posted it because there's some personal stuff in there that. You know, we're we're still kind of dealing with the fact that he's just passed away, and so. But yeah. Mike liked it, and and Mike's like, "Oh, I have, I actually have that shot of me." So he came over and he brought it. It's really, really cool. I'm I'm so lucky to have known Mike too. I mean, I just got uh, I sent John Criswell, who used to do all the mechanics for all the ghoulies and all the stuff um, in Beekler's shop. I just sent him my book yesterday, and I was really happy to. He called me and he really liked it. So that made me feel really good because there's a lot of stuff in that book about, um, our days at MMI and all the, all the stuff that living in Italy, living in Spain and mm-hmm. of course working for John Beekler, who was a really nice, generous guy. In that sense, I mean, now coming full circle by kind of making your kind of, uh, do we call it from beyond sequel or companion? Um, and at the same time, whilst honoring Stuart Gordon and John Beekler, it must have added a lot of, your own passion to a lower budget but high end concept project in that sense. I know you said you you, you don't do yeah. shit anymore. You'll only do something that you love, but that must have been nope. huge to you. Uh, well, it was it was a pretty uh, shocking because again I had come in the last year. I mean, when I first started directing, I just would direct anything because I wanted to just direct. I had gone from an act from effects person to acting. And then I started getting older, and I was like, oh, I don't want to keep auditioning. And I, I really love writing and directing more than any of it. I just didn't ever know I could do it. And, uh, you know, uh, as I, as Charlie Band has sort of nudged me along in all this lifetime, we had dinner, and he was like, what do you want to do? He said, I want to start doing some ongoing series. And I was just, it sounded like such a great idea to me. And he's like, what would you like to do? I was like, I would love to take our viewers back to the Empire days. And he's like, by doing what? I'm like, I don't know. We could do something that's inspired by From Beyond. We certainly cannot remake From Beyond. We certainly are never going to capture the lightning in a bottle that the brilliant mind of Stuart Gordon did. But I think we could, we can respectfully pay homage to the style of Mac Albert's lighting mm. and the de- original design of the resonator and still make it kind of geared towards younger people. And, um, and you know, thankfully I didn't think it through too much. I just did it. He said yes, a resounding yes. And thankfully I didn't think about it too much because I think I would have, um, freaked out if I would have thought of the gamble that I took. Um, because when the fans turn on you on stuff, it's really horrible, it's a terrible time. And, uh, that could have happened, but I think because I was so naive and thinking, that it was really a tribute to Stuart. I think it worked. And, um, and I will say that 80% of my reviews, even though I tried really hard to not read them, <laughs> have been so good. And, and as a result of, um, it's the highest rated show on, on Full Moon Features app and on the Amazon Prime, uh, Full Moon Features, you know, uh, umbrella. Mm-hmm. It's the highest rated show mm-hmm. there. So we did something right. And thankfully I, I get to do them. So, um, it was a huge relief and, uh, for me, a very, very, uh, sentimental and nostalgic sort of journey. 
And I can't wait to do more. I mean, I get to do more. Herbert West is going to start going to the school on the next episode. And I, I, I can't, I fucking can't wait, man. <laughs> and the guy's English, the, the, the guy's English that plays Herbert West, although you'd never know it in a million years. Ah. <laughs> yeah, I, I ordinarily yeah. wouldn't make a comparison, um, but I'm going to do so because he's a friend of yours. But, um, Miskatonic you reminds me kind of what Greg Nicotero is doing with Creepshow. With, you know, him paying tribute yeah. to George, it seems like yeah. you're paying tribute to Stuart. And that's, that's kind of the impression I get. And I think that's probably why Greg and I are such good friends, because we are first and foremost, um, fanboys. Now, he's a, he's a, a multi-billionaire fanboy now, but, um, <laughs> but we, uh, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in that world, I, I would say that, and I would say, I can't wait for Greg to invite me to do one, but I, I'm very, uh, I'm very quiet and I'm not big on the hard sell. So hopefully that will happen one of these days. I mean, I really love the second season. Are you guys watching the second season? Yeah, I think it's a, I, yeah. I think, I mean, as much as I like the first one, I think this is a big improvement and I yeah. enjoyed it a lot more. I do too. Yeah, I think it's better. I think they kind of, I think they, they, they get their, you know, it's as with anything, they're finding their, their, their stride yeah. and their pacing. Um, yeah, I like it. I like this season much better. I mean, I, I like, I, I'll watch anything horror. I mean, I'll watch the most rot gut, you know, <laughs> people filming a horror film in their garage. I'll watch it. I think it's interesting. But, um, I did like the first season of Creep Show, but I'm really loving this next one. The only, my only complaint is I'm not a fan of them, uh, releasing stuff week by week. I want to watch everything all at once. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm impatient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though they do it with Resonator, I, I know why they do it, but you know it, it makes people stay. Um, what do you say? Subscribe, subscribe yeah. Yeah. longer, longer because you have to wait. <laughs> you have to wait for it. But um, that's the biggest complaint I think I got on Resonator was like, why are the episodes are only forty minutes? Why are you only showing one a week? I'm like, I don't know. I just like it. I don't have to make the rules. <laughs> well, um, let's let's quickly cover a bit of Goonies too, because uh, I think that's what the the fans of this podcast do want to hear, and me. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's just from the, from the beginning to the end of production, because you're obviously jumping on different productions for Empire at the time. But was there anything you had to do effects um, wise uh, in LA before you, or were you already in Rome when pre production began? So what happened was. Um I had started working there and Beekler was, Beekler was an anomaly. He was really incredible. He would call you into his office and say, you know, what do you want to do? Where do you want to end up in your career? And how, what can I do to help you? And, you know, that's such a rarity in Los Angeles. If somebody says they're going to help you in your career in Los Angeles, they either want to have sex with you or take you to their house and murder you. There's no, there's no <laughs> in between. Like it, it's really, there's really very few people that are really like that. And, um, uh, he didn't want to have sex with me and he didn't want to murder me, which was great. So he said, what do you want to do? And, uh, I was like, I want to be an actor. He's like, all right, okay. I got a plan. I got a plan. So he's like, I'll call Charlie band, take your picture and your resume to Charlie. And I'll tell Charlie, I'm going to send you to Italy to work on goalies too. And there might be something for you to do in there. So believe it or not, Charlie band, the head of a giant company with 1500 employees, said he would take the meeting with me and I went in and he knew who I was. Like he, Charlie's just this craziest, like interesting, you know, person. He, he knew I was, he knew what I had done. He looked at my goofy resume and my goofy picture. <laughs> said, yeah, uh, there's tons, there's tons of parts in there. Go down to Anthony Barneo. I went to Anthony Barneo's 
I auditioned for a couple things, and Anthony, like, stamped my picture and was like, okay, you're playing Merle. Congratulations. It was that fast. <laughs> so I went back to the shop and was just so happy and so elated. And, and by that time, John um, had realized that I, 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 I knew how to paint. I'm good at, I'm good at painting. And he's like, all right, so do you want to paint? You want to try to paint the fish goalie? I was like, yeah, of course. So I painted the fish goalie. It turned out good. This is the new one, remember, from version two, mm, 2.0 yeah. goalie. I painted the fish goalie. Now, remember, when you're when you're painting one goalie, you're not really painting one. You're actually painting like five or six of them. So <laughs> it took a little while. I did it. And as I did it, I kept getting better and better and better at it. I started out by painting this one that was a pan puppet with a big long tube, uh, as a, that killed Mike in the, um, in the clown tank. Mm. And then he let me paint, I painted the rat goalie and I painted the cat goalie. And then I think Ken Hall painted the alligator goalie, which I thought he did a really great job. And, um, so I painted the goalies and, uh, and then when I got there to Rome, because it was my first, you know, for me, sizable acting part, I didn't, I was always paranoid to let the other actors, to let the other actors know that I, uh, that I also did effects. There's something about it that like freaked me out. Even though years later I realized I was, I was being ridiculous because there's nothing wrong with having, you know, several skills in the entertainment business. <laughs> but I, I, I asked, I asked, um, John if I could, we were filming The Caller with Malcolm McDowell. Um, at the same time. So I asked if I could do application on the caller and then just only act in, um, in Ghoulies 2. And that worked a little bit until we fell two months behind schedule. And then I, then I, then I did both. I sucked it up and I did, I did effects on both projects, but <laughs> that's basically how I got there. And we ended up working on that film for like three and a half months. It was, it was, Never ending. Two you got two months behind schedule? Are you exaggerating or is that was that Yeah. No, it was a fucking mess. Um <laughs> Albert Band was directing it and he was great. You know, we shot mm-hmm. shooting on film, so there wasn't a lot of screwing around. Mm-hmm. And but the this this puppet stuff was just I mean, it was just unbelievable the amount of like puppet gags and we were filming in a sound stage that had a cement floor so there's no hiding the puppets puppeteers underneath you know the platforms unless we built a platform that was up high uh it was just really really hard and um you know we would do each gag would take a full day sometimes it would take more than a day you know just the stupidest things i can remember us doing 50 takes of the of the rat ghoulie getting squished with that big hammer at the end, like it kept on falling off and like you know falling off but the guy would knock it off and like anything that involves water all the stuff with Mike Deke that took like two or three days mm. it was wow. really arduous now mm-hmm. we by then the MMI team we were all friends so we were having the time of our lives. We were laughing at every screw up, which were many. <laughs> and then, you know, going home to these five star dinners at this like this luxury resort hotel that that Charlie had bought out to, to house everyone. It was just an incredible time. It was really great, really, really mm-hmm. great. Fantastic. It, it, um, it says on your IMDb 
that um, you were raised on the traveling fair and carnival circuit. Yeah, that's yep. right. My parents, my mother was the uh, supervisor of a company that provided food services for the circus, for the fair circuit, for yeah. Dolly Parton, for Prince, for um, Paulino to the band here, and um, yeah. uh, uh, Aerosmith. So I grew up around all that stuff from a very early age. I used to drive the, the ice truck through the, through the <laughs> fair. I don't know if you've okay. ever been to a fair carnival where there's somebody honking a little golf cart horn behind you. That would be me at like 10, you know, 12 years yeah. old with tons of bags of ice. And it was really great. I think it really soaked into my head and uh, it, okay. it certainly influenced everything I do. Ah, brilliant. Did that, did you, obviously the set of goodies too was like a giant fair. Did you, uh, yeah. were you able to give any sort of pointers and tips on the, the for the crew there? <laughs> I didn't, but they, I didn't, but I have to tell you, they, they nailed it. I mean, theirs was, theirs was obviously even cooler than a real one with all their sideshows and all. Our sideshow was like disgusting, you know, jars of like dead pigs and weird <laughs> things, ugly things. But their sideshow is really cool. And did you know, I'm sure you guys probably know this because you're the experts on all things that are ghoulies, but did you know that that entire carnival was like built inside the world's biggest, uh, soundstage? Yeah. Never yeah. ceases to amaze me though. Yeah. <laughs> it's not outside. It's uh, it's inside the stage. I think there's like one or two shots at the beginning of the end where they just had like one ride, like they were pretending to be setting it up. But that was outside to make you believe that it yeah. was outside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean they had full full on like carnival rides, operating carnival rides <laughs> in that sound stage. It was incredible. I mean, it, and it was so. You know, I was so young and I was just going to work every day and just thinking like, oh, well, I guess this is the way it is. I mean, I never, I've never witnessed anything that great, I guess, other than Demolition Man when they built the, the Museum of Weaponry in one of the yeah. stages at Warner Brothers. I never, I never, uh, uh, I'd never experienced something so massive before. And it would, that would cost millions to try to do that these days. You know, mm-hmm. back then it was just. Would it, would it be like a bit of a health and safety issue now as well? I mean, building all that stuff inside. I mean, oh I know you guys God. used to hang off the, the rides and stuff to operate the ghoulies and things like that. So, I mean. If you only, oh, there was only like one guy there who sort of knew how to operate. And you have to also keep in mind you're dealing with Italians who are like, oh, yeah, no problem. I can do that. No problem. And so meanwhile, they don't know what they're doing. But I can't tell you, like, I think there's one shot where there's a ghoulie I think it's John Criswell. They strapped him to the side of one of these, you know, rotating rides. He's hanging there by belts, like like belts that you wear around your waist or something. And he's like riding, riding on the ride, puppeteering the puppet while it's like driving, swinging around. I mean, we were complete idiots. We would just go. We would go on our break and get on the Ferris wheel. And somebody would turn it on. We, no, you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We'd be riding on the Ferris wheel, and you know, <laughs> that's not as bad as that. When we would take the rental cars, we would take our rental. There was a back lot on the on that studio lot where they had filmed Red Sonia and Barbarella and the Bible, and there were all these rotting, actually very beautiful, but rotting sort of sets and four perspective mountains and stuff on this on this back lot and then we would get drunk in the studio bar and then go figure eight racing in the rental cars on the back lot. <laughs> you know, these dumb drunk Americans driving around the, uh, 
driving around the back lot. Mike Deke flipped one of the rental cars in the in the red red Sonia moat one time. <laughs> we we flipped the car back over, and oddly enough, it still ran, and it was like crunched like a potato chip. And then we just drove it for the rest of the shoot. And then when we were done, we took it, we took it back to the rental place. It was like, here you go. The guy was like, what the hell? <laughs> well, we did, you know, we did get the wear and tear damage insurance, sir. <laughs> so, here's your potato chip shaped car. <laughs> but, insane. I couldn't believe Mike didn't die because there was water in that moat. And then we just like, we didn't think anything of it. We all just jump in the moat, push the car up, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Crazy. Brilliant. Um, I have to ask about obviously your character Merle in Goody's Two. Um, yeah. He had quite a uh, interesting wardrobe. It's kind of like a. Ah, car- that- was, was, did you have any say in that? Was that? No. <laughs> no, I was curious. I didn't know what the what was she what was she going for? It's like what the, what what is this supposed to be? <laughs> the girl was a monster. I, she she was from L.A. She did all the um. She did all the wardrobing in L.A. Then they sent it to Italy, and of course, they, you know, they, they're 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 they don't, especially back then, their taste was way wacky. So according to the wardrobe lady, it was perfect. But even the pants that they gave me, they, they're like these strange, like polyester pants from Sears. And I got the tennis shoes. Okay, I'm supposed to be a nerd. I didn't really get the, um, I didn't get the go-go vest at all. I didn't really understand that. Pearl was really talented. You know, a lot of the, um, the, uh, like for instance, the belly dancers, all that fabric that those women are wearing in the, um, belly dancing thing, she made she made all that. She dyed all that fabric by hand. I remember seeing her doing it at the offices. And she was very creative. And I don't know. You know, we're talking about it now, so maybe she knew better. I don't know. <laughs> I, I knew I was a, I was a dork, and I thought that that was enough. I am a dork. I didn't think you need to also dress me like a dork. So uh, I. Uh, but we 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 went. I went along with it. You know, I didn't right. know. At that point in my career, I didn't know that it was okay for me to say, I'm not fucking wearing this. But, uh, <laughs> so. It was only the waistcoat. I thought the rest of it yeah. you could have got away with. <laughs> yeah, and then also, uh, um, you know, out of everything that I've done, that's the one movie where everyone always is happy to see me and they know lines from the movie. Like, mm-hmm. I've all but forgotten about it. And they'll... They'll, you know, I, everywhere I go, I hear, dude, where's your, you know, dude, you're tuned, wherever I, wherever I go. <laughs> so much, so much so that you, you, that's a good point. You brought this up. Um, so the little, um, Ghoulies statue and tunes that, um, Jeff Farley sculpted for you, is, are they being chucked out with the book or are they available somewhere? Uh, they're, they're, they're gonna be when I, well, they're, they're in production, um, when I when I'm supposed to be doing uh, you know 20 million uh, uh, horror conventions, <laughs> we were going to give them away. With the book. But you know, thanks to COVID, uh, that that came to a screeching halt. But they still are being made, and they still will surface. I just you know we all have to get inoculated, and uh, life has to come back. You know, for, in order for to make sense to you know to uh, to produce them. But yeah, they're they're being made, just not at the at the speed that. Um, that I wanted them to be originally. 
you know, Jeff Farley, that's great. He's a very talented guy. Oh, I've got a, I mean, I, there's probably a little bit of a link to Gulu's two here because obviously Phil from the car um, worked on both of them. But I've got to ask about working on Garbage Pow Kids uh, with John Beekler because it's one that doesn't pop up often. Yeah, I almost uh, single-handedly destroyed the Garbage Pail Kids movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was by then uh, working in Beekler's shop, and I was uh, I started booking a lot of acting jobs, but I still was going into Beekler's shop because it was kind of my day job. And I was super distracted and not really paying attention. And Beekler said, "Will you paint the uh, the Garbage Pail Kids heads?" And I said, "Yeah, it can seem too hard. They're all basically fleshy." So I painted the heads, and then um, we went to the set. The set was very strange. It was in an old shopping like um, mall. Um, had very low ceilings. It wasn't a stage. It was some just some crazy mall that they had turned into a place to film. Mm-hmm. And uh, the little people were like passing out left and right. These heads were just really heavy, and it was really hot in there. And uh, we started to do the first shot of these radio control heads. And when they opened the mouth on the heads, the uh, the corners of the mouth of each puppet head ripped like bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and and John Criswell was like, this is really weird. And it's like they were foam latex. And John Criswell said, you know, you know what? We used to paint these paint these foam latex with this, this stuff called pax paint which is you take white medical adhesive and acrylic paint and you mix almost like a 50 50 sort of um measurement and what it is is that pax is uh very very flexible so what it does is it keeps the foam from drying out and it keeps the foam from tearing and then so we're on set and all like five of the head like rips there's one that was alligator didn't rip and uh I think that one had been painted with rubber cement paint and uh and all their mouths like ripped. They had to stop filming. Like they had to be repaired. And John Criswell was like, yeah, I was like, what do you think caused that? He's like, I don't know. He's like, how much, how much packs did you put in the, uh, in the, in the paint? <laughs> and then I realized, I realized at that point I hadn't put any in there. <laughs> so I just, I just looked at him and I go, well, you've got the, the usual amount. Well, <laughs> um, so they stopped filming and we had to go back to the Bico shop, to Bico shop, and we mixed uh, cotton and latex and we crammed it into the corner of all the mouths. So if you watch it closely, if you look closely, you'll see they, they all kind of have these little, like, kind of ripply sort of scar tissue in the corners of their mouth. That's because I didn't put any uh, flexible glue in the uh, in the paint. I just painted the heads with acrylic paint because I was too busy, you know, <laughs> trying to book a, an acting job and, you know, Terror Night or some other nonsense. Uh, but yes, I did work on it, and yes, I almost sunk it. <laughs> Paul, Paul, do you want to touch on Arena before I... Uh... Get to a couple of the heavy hitters. We, yeah, you know, so, we, we, I mean, well, I mean, Arena is one of my favorite Empire films. So I just wondered, you get any cool stories from there? What was your experiences from working on that film? I kind of ask everyone. Uh, it, it was incredible. <laughs> it was, uh, you know, I thought, you know, From Beyond was a tour de force of special effects. There was like mm-hmm. dozens of special effects and dozens of artists that contributed to that. But Arena was that times three. So pretty much every makeup artist in town was creating all these creatures. And again, Charlie Ban offered me another cool acting part. And yeah. uh, I think Scott Coulter and Jeff Farley, maybe Scott Coulter, 
uh, did the sculpture uh, for my makeup, and uh, it was really fun. Uh, it was funny. Um, Horn, the bad guy Horn, which is yep. a boxing champion monster, um, the guy who played it was a real boxer and like a movement specialist. He was a big, tall dude that was like six six or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he got the set, and they put him in the suit, and he freaked out. He said, "I can't, I can't wear this. I can't do this." So he quit. So they put Mike Deke in the suit. So that's actually Mike mm-hmm. Deke doing all that boxing in the in the uh, in the yeah. scenes where Horn is fighting Paul Satterfield. And uh, for me, it was really fun. By then, I started kind of figuring out how to act. I knew what I was doing. I loved yeah. being in that makeup. And uh, the only thing that was bad was that at the end, maybe it's not the end, or when I die, my mm-hmm. head explodes. And uh, I foolishly allowed them to wire my head with all the um, all the squibs. <laughs> and, um, you know... Uh, sometimes in Italy things get done a little bit backwards and they aimed the, uh, they aimed the squibs so that they shot down the collar of my, of my <laughs> neck to my suit. <laughs> so when they, uh, when I blew up, it just, it just burned me beyond belief. And again, oh. because I was such a pussy, I didn't want to, I didn't want to complain. So I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I go back <laughs> to my room. It's like all the skin was like burned off the back of my neck. I never said a word uh, until I until I wrote my book where I bitched in the plane, but I didn't. Bitch <laughs> I was very full service. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty pretty cool. A lot of cool actors in that project. And, yeah. Um, Peter Manugian was just I, the second or third time I had worked with him, the director. He's a very mm-hmm. funny, very laid back guy who we respected and we were friends with, and uh, uh, he's a great. Great guy. I think he's living living in the UK now. I want to say. I think oh, so. We can call him. In. We'll call him out. We'll go through the yellow pages. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I think that's. I've heard that that's where he is now. Lucky dog. I don't know how you deport it. First of all, how's a Yankee? How's a Yankee going to find work over there? That's number one. And number two, how can you afford? Isn't it? It's expensive, like LA, right? It's quite expensive. It depends where you go. Yeah. A little werewolf village somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds lovely. <laughs> well, you you work with you work with John Beekler, uh, you know, numerous occasions. Um, I'm curious if to whether or not um, on Friday Thirteenth Seven, you know, regardless of studio meddling, um, he must have been in his element there. And was that was that an exciting shoot to be on and working with John in that capacity? Oh my God, I couldn't believe it. He. He invited me into the shop to said I, I have an acting part for you. I was like, okay. By by then I wasn't working there anymore. I was just only acting. He said, come to the shop. I have something I want you to read. And I was like, okay. So I went in his office and I read this really good horror script, but the killer in it had like a hockey mask on, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. It was the script was called Birthday Bash, and uh, I was like, yeah, it's really good. Except, I mean. Can you guys think of something better than the guy has a hockey mask on? I was like, <laughs> like Friday the Thirteenth. He's like, that's because it is Friday the Thirteenth. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, they're keeping it secret. <laughs> so uh, it was a great time. John was uh, in, in, incredible. John should have had a much bigger directing career than he had. Mm. Uh, I love that film, not just because I'm in it. I'm barely in it. Um, and I, I, it's one of my favorites. I'm a huge Friday the 13th fan. I like mm-hmm. part twos, my part two and part seven are like my favorite. And, uh, 
It was great. John was really great. And yeah, he got robbed. You know, that's just pretty much every film that I was in in that time period. They they would consistently cut out. They leave all the boobs in there, but they would cut out any drops of blood or anything. You know, it's just <laughs> crazy backwards way of like doing things, you know. But mm-hmm. I think these, these companies now have learned to just not get rated. People don't people don't care anymore. You know, if it's not going into the theater, which you know, unless it's a superhero movie here, uh, it doesn't really end up. In movie, so. <laughs> well, there was there was no. Oh, yeah, moves. another another uh, relaunch of fucking Halloween. You know, because <laughs> we we have, we have not had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Well, uh, you say they they cut the they keep the boobs and, and cut the gore, but there's no boobs in in Leatherface. And uh, you know, being being such well, a big mine. horror fan, my, <laughs> yeah, there's a nipple. Uh, well, yeah. The original Chainsaw has always been held in such high regard, and when you came on board, um, you know, uh, Toby, who played really left the series, were you trepidatious about <laughs> yeah. stepping into that, or did it not bother you? Yes. Well, for one, I was terrified because Caroline Williams had done such a good job in part two. Mm. Um, I booked the, I booked it. I mean, this is this is one of the toughest. I had, they saw hundreds of guys. And I was thinking, how the hell, why do they keep calling me back? I didn't really understand. There's all these really handsome sort of devils that would be in the lobby. And I'm like, why am I getting called back? And then I heard later on, Jeff Burr told me that, that Bob Shea said, he looks like a poor man, uh, Michael J. Fox, and that's what we want, put him in there. <laughs> so that's kind of why I got it. And I was really nervous. Um because I was such a cracker and that, that, um, that, uh, that franchise, uh, you know, it's known for its kind of weird bell bottom wearing sort of, you know, interesting characters. And I was just very white, white bread. And, um, and, and then I, and after I booked it, then I watched part two and saw how great of a job that Caroline did. I was like, what, how the fuck are we in this movie? And, uh, and, uh, you know, as it turned out, I liked it. The movie's a much better movie with everything still in it, not cut out. But, um, yes, I was very, uh, I felt a tremendous responsibility and, um, but I liked it. I had a good time. You know, they, they really tortured Jeff Burr on it. He didn't have too much of a good time, but I, I had a pretty good time. <laughs> well, there's one, there's actually one thing that always confused me because I've never seen any footage from it. There's plenty of footage they've taken out, even from the unrated cut, which didn't get in, into that, you know, just the work print stuff. But you technically get eviscerated on the floor in the woods there. Was anything ever shot? To, which was cut from your kill, or I don't say kill because you are hung up and you're still alive. But was anything cut from <laughs> that, filmed, that scene? They filmed a, a gelatin body on the ground that when he's when he undoes my butt. Well, they didn't even show that. He undid my buttons with a chainsaw, and then my shirt goes open, and then wow. they did like a gelatin chest where they he just grazed me a little bit, but they mm. don't show any of that. And then when I was hanging upside down, they had uh, molded. My, I mean, I think it's dummies in there sometimes, but um, they molded my body and they had this whole contraption where the the sledgehammer like slams me in the head. And then what happens is the little girl runs over and puts the cup under my head, and the blood's pouring out of my head into the cup. And then she goes and gives the grandpa a drink of my blood and i know we filmed all of that and it was mm. really gruesome and really really actually hard to film um and then when you watch it you just i'm hanging there and then suddenly out of nowhere the sledgehammer drops down and i think pretty much that's it i don't think 
I don't think they even really show any of that. I, I can't really remember, but no, they cut away from that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It was hard to see the films of all those actors were all very method and they were all really, really into it for those, uh, uh, listeners that don't know what method is. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a form of acting where you just completely check out and you really believe you are that person. So they were dragging me through that fucking kitchen and poking me and punching me. And, uh, you know, there were in between shots, they're all like punching each other. And, you know, it's like, you're just, you're, you know, you didn't have to act in that scene at all. It was very wondering if you were going to drive home alive at the end of the day, you know, it's very funny. <laughs> you didn't get to keep your, uh, your body double then that they hung up. Oh, no, really? no, but I heard that my body is, was, uh, has, is, my body is more famous than I am. My, my body was, uh, <laughs> was thrown out of a, uh, was, uh, thrown out of some Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> Eddie Murphy movie, my body was thrown out of the back of a truck, and then my, uh, my body was on Grey's Anatomy many times as a dead body in the, uh, <laughs> in the mortuary scene. <laughs> and I'm older and fat. I'm older and fatter now. I'd like to have the body just so I can remember what I used to look like. <laughs> I thought at least giving you the head, you know. <laughs> yeah, they've given. I had. I had. Uh, I had another really good um, rubber head of me when I was in a movie called Buried Alive in South Africa, hmm. and I had that one forever. And I don't. And I used to. I used to love that thing. It would scare the shit out of people. It was kind of half eaten by half eaten by ants. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember what happened to it. I think I, I just fell off the moving truck one day and then out of my life. So one of these oh. days it will show up. <laughs> Someone's got it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and God only knows what they're doing with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, I think our hour is kind of up, Billy, but I, it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Um, just yeah. out of interest. Um, the uh, the told you tales book. How many pictures are we talking? Have we got how 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 lavishly illustrated? Uh, is it? There's a lot. I think there's about seventy pictures no one's ever seen before. Some a lot of stuff from Ghoulies too. Yes. A lot of a lot of stuff from from, from Beyond, from Eliminators, oh, and wow. um, and some of the uh, other projects that I've worked on that are sort yeah. of obscure. Um, and you can get the book by, uh, one way to do it is to go on my Instagram, the William Butler. The link is in my, uh, is in my, um, bio on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And the other way is to just Google search William Butler horror tell all book and it will take you to the dark ink website. And then also on Amazon, um, I guess in the UK, uh, yeah. according to you guys, it seems like yeah. you can get it there. And, and if you can't get it from any of those sources, then uh, I will be in London in September, and if you can just keep your ear to the ground, um, we will be in London, and we'll be in Manchester, and I'll be signing and uh, also reading from the book um, in both of those events, which I'm really looking forward to. Cause I, just, yeah. I, I know you guys have international audience, but for the UK audience <laughs> in particular, a very special, special event for me because I just am so insanely in love with the UK. I want to like live there if I can eventually. Uh, so uh, uh, come and say hi to me and, and uh, hopefully you'll like the book. Yeah. Wonderful. Definitely. I'm sure I will. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thank you both for having me.